Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about the power of the authentic you. You know, you are exactly, specifically, amazingly who you are, and there is such power in just simply sharing who you are with the world. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I'm a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of 22 books and counting. It'll probably be more than that if you're not listening to this live. And I have the privilege of working with folks to help share their authentic voice, share the who that they are with the world. So let's jump into talking about you. Let's talk about the power of the authentic you in your life, in your business, in all that you do, you have the way to be able to, yes, even go viral in video, um, how to really sell things to people, help people out, to identify who you really are. You have that ability. You are wonderful, you're amazing, and you're on purpose. And when we begin to truly embrace that authentic us, that we that we were meant to be, that's when we have the ultimate opportunity to be able to really truly be the best us that we can be today. And that's all that we need to worry about. You know, I mean, yesterday's gone. There's mistakes that we've all made, and that's okay. We're all human. I forgive you for everything, and I want to help you be able today to move on, to bring out the authentic you, to be what a teacher of mine taught me. I had this as a poster on my wall for the longest time, to be authentic and vulnerable, meaning being vulnerable and valuable. I love that phrase, vulnerable and valuable, because it really brings it into perspective. When we're sharing who we are with a purpose and we make a difference in the lives of the people around us, then we really truly are valuable. That vulnerability can make such a difference in the life of that person that you're meant to reach. And I'd love to see you be able to do that by bringing out the power of the authentic you, that you that is just who you are. Not anything you have to pretend to be or figure out or plan on, but just the you that you are, living it genuinely on and authentically as you live as a thriving entrepreneur. I have three great guests here for you today. I'm looking forward to introducing them to you. With that said, let's jump right in to our first guest. Join me in welcoming Nika Stewart. Hey, Nika, how are you doing today? Hello, it's so good to talk to you. Absolutely. So glad to have you here with us. To begin us off, tell us just a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Wow, that's just a big question. Um, I show up in the world with positivity and optimism and humor. That Those are my favorite qualities, my biggest values. Humor is probably the biggest one. I love that. And I've heard uh, a little bird told me that you are an absolute mastermind at making videos go viral and understanding that whole concept. Is that, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I have always been interested in videos and in sharing our stories and influencing people, making a big impact in the world. And about three years ago, I, by accident, went viral because I decided to, uh, I didn't realize at the time, it kind of was an accident. I was putting out my story. I had been diagnosed with breast cancer and was going through surgeries and treatments, chemotherapy, radiation, all of the fun stuff that you go through when you have cancer. And I started sharing my story and laughing at 
funny situations that I found in my, my new normal, my daily life. And apparently it was, it was what the world needed at the time. People, the whole world was going through COVID and lockdown and confusion and anxiety. And I think my attitude and humor was cheering people up. And because my videos were going viral, I got obsessed with what, what is it that makes people want to see a video? What makes a video go viral? So I got obsessed, started studying it, and then just started helping other people create videos and tell their stories in a way that other people want to hear that makes a big impact. So I'm dying to know, and there's a whole program for it. So sorry, listeners, you're not going to get to learn everything today, but we'll start (laughs) out a little bit. Um, Tell us what are some of the really basic things that cause a video to go viral versus being, you know, you literally are talking to just yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the good news, I think, is that it's not about having professional equipment. It's not about being a professional editor. It's it's not about making a video that's overly edited and, and airbrushed, and it's not about being perfect. It is really all about being relatable, uh, telling your story actually isn't as important as how you deal with it, how you, what you focus on, what it is that you do to get through your daily life. And that inspires other people. So being relatable is a big part of people wanting to see more of your videos. Being controversial, which may be relatable or maybe not relatable, but controversial or relatable or both, or aspirational and inspirational, all of those things help a video reach more people, help people get excited to see what you have to say. And again, it's not about being perfect. It is, it literally, most of the videos out there that are reaching a lot of people are raw, unedited, people just being themselves, being authentically vulnerable and just telling it like it is. And I think that's exciting because it means we don't have to pretend to be someone else. We get to be the, like, you should be the youest you you can be. Just embrace who you are and and get it out there. So you start your new YouTube or TikTok or any of the, you know, more video related platforms, you have zero followers, but Mm. you're fun and bright and happy, or at least you think you are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Are there some just really basic things that you wish people would do when they were setting up their account so that they had success rather than failing for a long time and getting miserably upset over it? Yeah, there there are a few things. One is that you, like I said, you embrace who you are and you stick to it. You're consistent. You decide who you are and you be that person in the biggest way possible. A few tactics that I see working are simple little things you can do with your video with as you're putting out videos. Because short form video is extremely popular, like TikTok became this giant powerhouse and Instagram said, I want some of that to uh, YouTube, even though they were a video platform to begin with, they wanted a part of that short form vertical video. So they have shorts now. Um, YouTube, uh, I'm sorry, Facebook also jumped in like, like Instagram, the same company. Um, So these short videos, the shorter, the better because of the world's attention span. So if you want to tell a story, how can you tell it quicker in, in, you know, very, be very succinct and things like pausing, big pauses. Nobody wants that. People scroll on if there's a big pause. So cut out the pauses. And the most important thing is to stop the scroll. People are scrolling so quickly. How do you get people to stop? So the first instant of your video needs to be so compelling. It needs to be the stop the scroll moment to get people to stop. There can't be a breath in and a pause. So you get rid of the pause, but then you need to capture people's attention. I call this beginning part of your video, the naked bald woman. And that's because my video that has reached about 160 million people was me stepping out of the shower as a bald woman 
Now, of course, I had a, a towel around me, so I didn't, I wasn't completely naked. But but if you're scrolling on your phone and suddenly you see a naked bald woman, that's probably something that makes you stop and go, what the heck is this? So what is your naked bald woman? What is your stop the scroll moment? And if you can come up with that, because if you don't get people to stop and watch, there's no, you know, even if you have the best video in the world, you didn't get people to stop and watch it. So the most important thing is to get people to stop and watch your video. So think about that, the first split second of your video. I love that advice. You know, I mean, my short videos tend to end up being about 15 minutes long. So it's, <laughs> it's a skill I'm still learning to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I think it is a skill. I know that I started on social media with Twitter when Twitter had first come out and it, I believe it was 140 characters when it first started. And that was really tough. Like, how do you tell something in 140 characters? And because I practiced with that, I think I got good at leaving out the unimportant things or things that you think are important. And when you cut them out, it actually makes the story better. And you really do just get better at that the more you do it. So keep practicing. I appreciate that. Yeah, the problem is, is that I started out in the pulpit and at church and at things like that, you know, where mm. you have 30 minutes you have to fill. Um, and yes. so now it's relearning that whole skill um, and, and probably also finding out what's really funny versus just what cracks me up. <laughs> True. Yeah. But you laugh things that you find funny you know that's you being you and people do connect with you when you're being yourself so be vulnerable and authentic it's fine to laugh and especially laugh at yourself you'll love this one and it was a little bit too long i need to take just the clip out but i was doing a facebook live and i had a horrible sneezing fit right in the middle of it <laughs> You know, and it's one of those kind of things where you should have just stopped the video and come back later. But me, I don't know, you know, it's probably all those years of, you know, once you're up front there, you're just up front there and you can't really leave. So uh, I just went through it. One of the people listening actually said, if you sneeze one more time, this video is going viral. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, but if and because I've studied what videos like what videos that are viral, what they have in common, people just having raw. I mean, that's kind. It's not really emotion, but it was raw and unexpected, and you captured it, and people just love watching that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, not every video, of course, just takes off. Um, and is fire. What do we do when we have an idea and it doesn't go as big as what we do, um, you know, to just keep going on? What is the motivation that we tell ourselves so that we're doing the videos consistently rather than just trying to come up with the next multi-million hit only yeah. video? Yeah, it certainly is a mindset and motivation. We need motivation because I know that we tend to think, oh, we we stink because that video didn't get out there. A few things to remember is, especially now with the platforms being so crowded, if a video doesn't reach a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily mean your video wasn't good. There's just so much out there. Not everything can be shown to everyone at all times. But consistency does lead to better results. So even when videos are not getting a lot of reach, if you keep going in the long run, your videos will start to reach more people. And the other thing to remember, and it's very hard because our egos just want to see high numbers, but having worked with entrepreneurs for so many years and seeing my own videos, I can tell you that absolutely the videos that have the least amount of reach are often the ones that lead to the most important connections because it just takes one person to reach out, to engage, to contact you off of the video platform who may become a great friend, a partner, a, a, a client, and it's so strange that the videos with the least amount of reach tend to have the highest quality of connections. So again, it's definitely a mindset. We want to see 5 million views, 
but my clients and for myself, sometimes my videos with just a few hundred views are the ones that lead to big sales and big profits and close friends. So that's one thing that I keep telling myself. So I hope that that helps. Absolutely, it does. So give us an idea of the kind of things that you teach people that you work with. We, I help entrepreneurs grow their service-based entrepreneurs, help, help them get in front of more of their ideal target audience so that they can get recognition for the amazing work that they do and have people want to work with them. So, and it starts with the visibility. We need to get found by the right people and then build trust an interest in what we do before we can make sales. And unfortunately, most people are out there trying to make sales before they even have the visibility and the recognition. It's, you know, it sounds exciting. Like I want to make a sale. I don't want to create a video just for people to know me. I want them to give me their credit card if you're in business. And of course, bottom line, if you're in business, you need to be profitable. But it's it's like that old cliche of a stranger walking up to you and asking you to marry them. Like you're, I don't know you. I'm not going to marry you. I'm not going to buy your product. I don't know you and like you and trust you yet. So I help my clients build that know and love and trust factor and then do the right outreach to turn those, those, um, your audience and your community and your connections into sales, into paying clients. Love that. So if somebody wants to work with you, um, how is it best for them to start engaging with you? Uh, well, I love social media. So I am on all of the social media platforms and I love connecting and having conversations. I have uh, coaching programs and I have pro I have uh, courses where you can learn if you like to do things on your own. Um, but reach out. Let's just chat and see if anything that I can. You know, sometimes it's just following my posts on social media. That might be all you need to inspire you to get out there in a bigger way. Love that. Well, before I let you go, give us some words of encouragement to the person who either is just starting or hasn't really had anything that's happened for them effectively in video to let them know that they can do it. Yeah, the people who have who are going viral are normal everyday people. They are imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect. And just like you, just like me, we are ourselves, we are unique. And if you haven't gotten there yet, I promise you, if you are consistent, you will reach more people. If you are authentic, you will reach more people. And I think the last thing I would want to say is for you to think about, you're trying to get more visibility and more reach. Who is it that you're looking to get visibility for? In other words, are you trying to be someone that you're, you think you're supposed to be. And I know that I was for so many years when you realize that if you stop trying to be someone else who you think you're supposed to be in order to get the recognition, then when you really start being yourself and putting your, your quirks and your weirdness and your uniqueness out there, that's when you will start getting the recognition that you truly deserve and making the biggest impact. Love that so much. Well, Nika, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the radio show today. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And I hope that everyone feels good about being themselves. Get yourself out there because the world needs more you. We all want to have that amazing viral video that is goes around the world and millions upon millions of people watch it, love it, laugh to it, whatever. But I love the fact that the secret to it is just being you. The power of the authentic you is so amazing. And it is the way for you to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, 
publish and market their books and now they're best-selling authors and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about the power of the authentic you. We talked in the last segment about making viral videos or making videos go viral and how the authentic voice, the authentic you who you are can really make that happen. Next, we want to move on and talk about other elements of how being authentic can truly be able to make an impact in the people whose lives you're meant to make. And with that, be a thriving entrepreneur. Join me in welcoming Kyle Stout. Hey, Kyle, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate having you here. First off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, so my name is Kyle Stout. I'm the founder of Elevate and Scale. We are an email marketing agency that helps businesses unlock hidden revenue and put their sales on autopilot without increasing their ad spend. And um, a little bit, you know, a little bit of background for other entrepreneurs who might be curious. I started out as a freelance copywriter, did that for years. And um, I really found that I enjoyed email marketing and that was where I was seeing the best results for clients. And that's what led me to starting my agency. So if you could be a little more specific with this, what in general do you think of when you think of specifically email marketing? I think of retention marketing. So with email marketing, there is another version of email marketing called outbound, which is where you're sending emails out to people or companies trying to, um, you know, book a sales call or, or, you know, generate business that way. But uh, what I focus on is the inbound side of email marketing where people have signed up for a business's email list. And so our goal, it's not just about getting sales right then. Obviously that is a major goal, but it's really retention marketing as a whole. So how can we keep these people engaged long-term? How can we get repeat purchases? How can we get them to leave reviews and to give the company UGC and how can we get them to refer other customers? So it's really looking at, you know, the lifetime value of your customers and, and also just having a great uh, channel for direct communication with your customers. Okay. I love that. I appreciate it a lot. So let's dive a little bit deeper into uh, some best practices, some things that I always wonder, at least hopefully others that listening will too. Um, what is the kind of, um, what's the kind of approach you should take? I mean, I've seen people that they just bombard their list. You know, they send two, three, four, ten 10 emails a day. And I see other people that, you know, once a week, once a month, I mean, what is really the right type of nourishment for that retention type of campaign? Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is really important because every business needs to dial in their email frequency because what works for another business won't necessarily work for you, even if you're in the same space and you're targeting the same people. Um, so one way you can look at it is, so in general, the more emails you send, the more sales you're going to get. That's a, I don't want people to just run with that and think, oh, if I send an email every day or five emails a day, I'm going to get more sales. I, I mean this you know, thinking a little bit more conservatively than that, because there are a lot of businesses that are only emailing once a month, uh, once every other week, that sort of thing. And they could be getting a lot more out of their email marketing, not just in terms of sales, but just keeping their customers engaged by moving to, towards a once a week type of frequency. And then uh, there are other businesses where it actually makes sense to send out an email daily so for example, if you're in a space, let's say it's a, you're in the financial world and every single day, or at least Monday through Friday, there's always 
there's always new talking points as far as what's going on in the financial markets and people could be looking to you as a resource for those things. So by having um, you know something that's valuable every day to show up with, not only can you get away with emailing more, but they might actually want that from you. So the really what it comes down to, what I like to say is you want to have a reason to show up in their inbox. So you don't want to just send an email just for the sake of doing it. You want to make sure that uh, not every email has to be a quote unquote nurturing email or, or only value driven, but whenever you are selling, uh, you know, keep, make it interesting, bring up a topic that's important to them. Maybe do add a little bit of value or education or, or even entertainment in there to make it fun and then segue into whatever you're trying to promote. And as long as you have a reason to show up in their inbox and, you know, you're trying to make your emails interesting as you send out more emails, if you get to a frequency where you notice a big drop-off in performance in terms of the opens and clicks, that's where you know you've probably hit your limit for your frequency. So again, it, you know, you might start out at once a week, then you might test twice a week. Um, some some businesses are doing daily, like you mentioned, but uh, I would not jump into that right away. I would kind of ease into it. And if you see performance holds up and you still have more content and, and you know more reasons to show up then yeah by all means test uh, a little bit uh, more frequency in your strategy now i've noticed and this could be my list because it's an old list um it's been around for a while um i've noticed that the subject line makes a huge difference in the open rate and the and the read rate of it um is that true or is it just the uh do I just have too many old people on my list? <laughs> so interestingly, it's not that it's, so subject line is definitely important, but what I have found is that the relationship with your list is more important than the subject line, meaning that the business that has really nurtured their list, if they have a warm list and those people are enjoying the emails and they're interested in the type of stuff that you're putting in your emails, you can get away with not having as good of subject lines and they're just going to open anyways because they just look forward to the emails from you. And I would say the colder the list is, and especially if you have an old list, so a lot of these people who have been getting your emails for a long time, there's just going to be normal ebbs and flows where they are in and out of the market as far as you know buying whatever you're selling or you know they just might go through ebbs and flows of interest in the content that you have. And so again, if you if this list is really old, then sometimes, yeah, putting more effort and having more curiosity or excitement in your subject lines is a good way to stir up more interest from people who maybe have gone stagnant. I also have a lot of people that, um, which is ironic because I work with authors, but they still use the excuse with me that they're not very interesting when they write that. Is it is there a methodology to having interesting emails that you're sending out people? Yeah. So I think it really comes down to who you are emailing. So really taking the time to understand your ideal customers. And a lot of times whenever a business owner or an author in this case, they sit down and I think a lot of times it's like they're trying to rack their brain for uh, what they have to say, but they might be thinking from the perspective of, okay, what am I going to say about my product or about my business or about my book uh, this time, because I've already said so much. And instead I would flip that and really look at, okay, what can I say that's interesting to them and then segue it into my offer. So if you, by doing some of the initial, you know, marketing strategy exercises of creating a buyer persona or a customer avatar, whatever you want to call it, really identifying all of their hopes and dreams and fears and all of the other pain points and their aspirations. A lot of those things can be talking points that it's really just a conversation starter. And then it leads into a product. So for example, when people are creating an email about a product, let's just say it's, it's um, you know, like a workout supplement. Usually what they'll do is if that supplement has 10 benefits, every time they send an email, they will list out all 10 benefits. And what I would say is, you know what? So that's good whenever you're first introducing the product for the first time. But one way to continually bring up that product again and talk about it again in the future 
is to do a deeper dive on just one of those benefits. So, and, and really drill into the pain points tied to that specific benefit and maybe even tell a story, whether it's a customer story, a personal story from your perspective, or just, you know, a made up story based on, on real life scenarios that happen. And that will suck people in because a lot of times people, they kind of gloss over the list of benefits, but when you tell stories or you go a little deeper into specific pain points related to a certain benefit, a lot of people who didn't even know that that benefit was as important to them because they just didn't fully understand it or they weren't aware of it. Now, all of a sudden, this is like a high priority thing for them. So things like that. So I just think it uh, really comes down to focusing more on who you're writing for and trying to be conversational and, and just think as if you're really trying to help them or have a conversation with that person rather than putting all the pressure on yourself or your product to be the most interesting thing in the world and try to, you know, always like find a new way to say the same old thing that you've always said. Mm, I love that. I'd like to dive in for a couple of minutes because it's so popular and trendy right now. Um, some of the AI programs for writing, um, where is the place that you should use AI and where is the places um, that you shouldn't when it comes to your email marketing? Okay. Yeah. So AI has come a long way just in the last, um, you know, a little under a year. So some of these AI copywriting tools that have been around for a long time now, honestly, weren't very good. They, they just did not produce copy that looked like a human wrote it. And now with ChatGPT and other similar services like that, there's a lot you can do. So, but before even just writing copy, what I would say, some of the bigger strengths that maybe don't get as much attention are doing market research. So I have found ChatGPT especially to be really good at doing market research. So so going back to what we were talking about a minute ago of really understanding your ideal customers, you can get ChatGPT to do a lot of this research for you to give you all of these hopes and dreams and aspirations and all of these different pain points that they care about by putting in some basic information about the type of customers you're targeting. And then that will help you generate email topic ideas, which is another thing. So you can then feed it back some of these you know, pain points or some of these benefits uh, that you know your audience cares about. And you can tell the AI, whatever tool you're using to generate email topics. Now, if you just tell it to generate email topics for a, a certain category, it will give you a bunch of ideas, but it's trying to pull from so many places that they're going to be very general. But if you give it a little bit more information about the specific customers you're targeting and the specific things they care about, then it starts to give you some really detailed, you know, really interesting and unique email topic ideas. And then from there, you can take it as far as having it write the email copy. Although I, I will say that this is where I think that there still has to be the most human involvement because for one, a lot of times the copy is not going to fit the brand. Now you can give it guidelines as far as how to the tone of voice and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's one thing is I think a lot of people aren't putting enough detail into the commands they put in. So that's one way you can improve those copy and get better drafts, but you're still going to want to go in, make sure it, it has the right brand voice for wherever you're sending this from. Um, a lot of times what I find is that I don't like the, the order of the copy that it spits out. So it might spit out, you know, three or four paragraphs and I'll end up kind of rearranging them because I just think it, it I just like that better. Um, and of course, you always want to edit the copy. And then um, another thing is if you have AI writing about the same topics frequently, you'll notice it, it ends up saying this, you get to a point where it ends up saying the same stuff over and over. And that's where, again, it's like you have to, there still has to be the human in there to have the judgment to edit the copy. But it also goes back to maybe doing a little bit more work on those first two steps. So the market research and generating the, the topic ideas in the first place. So those are the areas that really shines. It can take someone who is not a very good copywriter or someone who is a good copywriter and really 10 X their output, because a lot of what happens with copywriting or, or a lot of where the mental energy is spent is just trying to come up with unique ideas and angles and trying to say things in a different way. And here you can put in some copy that you've written and say, hey, give me, you know, give me some more variations of this and, and use humor or give me some variations of this and add more urgency. And then 
you don't have to use what it spits out verbatim, but you might take a little bit from what it gave you for the humor output and take a little bit from the email it gave you from the urgency output and mix it together and edit it, you know, do a final polish on it. And now you've got this email that is really good that saved you a ton of time to do all that just sitting down, you know, in front of a blank screen. Mm, I love all of that. So what kind of people do you like to work with? Who would be your ideal client to work with? So I like working with um, privately held businesses. Most of the clients we work with are e-commerce businesses that are selling physical products online. We also work with people who are selling services online, but um, I like working with privately held businesses as opposed to like the publicly, the big fortune 500 type of companies, just because uh, for one, it's just a huge hassle working with those companies. But um, I just get a little bit of personal satisfaction working directly with the the founders because they tend to have a lot more passion for the business. And they also have a lot of knowledge of their customers and they, they tend to really care about their customers, which by getting that information from them makes it easier for us to create interesting email content. Um, so yeah, those are the types of businesses that we focus on the most. And for a person who would like to work with you, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah. So if you're interested in hiring us, you can go directly to elevateandscale.com. Otherwise, if you just like to get more you know, information about email marketing, then the best place that to find me where I'm putting out content is on YouTube and the channel is also Elevate and Scale. That's awesome. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Such great tips. And all of it, again, boils down to really knowing your voice, knowing who you are, and then using the technologies that are out there to be able to help present more of you to the world. There's such a power in being authentically who you are and sharing the message of who you are with the world. That, above anything else, is the best way I can think of to be a thriving entrepreneur. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. I love the music behind that. I love this new commercial. I hope you like it too. And absolutely, if you want to work with me, I'd love to be able to talk to you and see what we can do to help you bring out the power of the authentic you. We first talked about making a video go viral, and then we talked about putting your sales on autopilot. And now we want to dive just a little bit deeper into your identity and talk to you about how you can bring out the authentic you and really tap into that power so that you can bring forth to the world the power of the authentic you. Let's talk to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Nita Lurd. Hey, Nita, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Steve? I am so good. Thank you. First off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, I am a coach, I am a business consultant, and I work with entrepreneurs, I work with CEOs and high-level executives um, to help, I really work with their psychology, and the business strategy is, is, is I also help them with the business strategy, but I would say 70, 80% of the work that I do with my clients is about the psychology, 
and reinventing themselves to be so that they, their identity is aligned with who they want to be and the vision and the goals they have for themselves. And you evidently also have a book that came out almost two years ago now, uh, One yeah. Million Entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about your book too. Yeah, so my book is about one to millions means one to millions, um, like one voice to millions of people. And it is a guide for coaches, consultants, and anyone that that would call themselves an expert and uh, service-based businesses as well. And the book talks about how to reinvent yourself and how to really find your why, you know, your why for what you're doing in this world and what value do you want to deliver to your clients. And it's kind of like a marketing book, but not. <laughs> um, it's It talks a lot about self-development and mindset as well. So yeah, that that's the short version of the book. I love that. Lastly, tell us a little bit about the Nita Leard podcast. Well, the the podcast talks about personal development, talks about elevating your self-identity, your mindset, and it talks about business as well. But mostly the show is, is, I I stopped recording for a while, actually, and we're going to get back to the show soon. And the direction for the show will be more about self-development, self-actualization, and mindsets. Yeah, all those psychology topics that that entrepreneurs need to to talk about um, in order to elevate their their businesses. Mindset is so important, and... I think everybody struggles with it on some level or another, but what is one mindset that a person really needs to have to uh, rise above the crowd and be really successful at what they do? Well, there are several mindsets, right? We talk about the creator mindset where you uh, believe that you are in control of your results. And then there's the abundance mindset, which we, I think, you know, if you're in the personal development world, people would, would hear us talk about abundance mindset. It's really the, the mindset of there is enough resources, there are enough clients, there are enough money for everyone, right? And there's, it doesn't mean that if your competitor or another, you know, if your coach, another coach got a client doesn't mean that they took your client. And it doesn't mean you're not good enough. It's just like everybody has their own uniqueness and strengths. And so they will attract the clients that were meant for them. And there's abundance. Everybody, you know, even if we had 10 times, 20 times more people in your industry, you would still not be able to serve all the clients. So I think these two mindsets are important. And the key I, I use like the important thing that I use in working with my clients is the idea of self-concept and ideal self. And if you, if you want to delve, kind of get into that topic, we can talk about that as well. But that's, that's something that I, I help my clients work. I, I do a lot of work in that area. I love the concept of that phrase. So let's talk about what does even ideal self mean? Yeah, so the ideal self is like if you could wake up tomorrow and you had a magic wand, who would you really want to be, right? And that's in terms of many things, professionally, personally, as a parent, as a daughter, as a son, as a partner, and like who, what type of person do you want to be? If, if, if you were to write about yourself on like three pieces of paper and describe yourself in, in detail, what kind of person do you want to be? What capabilities do you want to have? You know, what, 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 what abilities, what mindset, what conf, what level of confidence do you want to have? So all these things you want to describe about yourself. So that's the ideal self. Now the self-concept is who you are today. It's your current version of you. And the gap between your current version of yourself, which is the self-concept and the ideal self, which is who you aspire to be, 
the gap between these two things is what we call self-esteem. And so a lot of work that we do in self-development really is, is helping you work on your self-esteem. The biggest thing I think, and, and I could be wrong here, but one of the biggest mm. things for sure is that when we write down our perfect day, our perfect life, our perfect self, um, mm. there is that gap between it. And I think a lot of people get lost between the, this is where I am, this is where I'm headed, but it just seems like such a long journey to get from here to there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's why I think it's important to know that you have a short term, long term, and even one in the middle, you know, a goal or a vision for yourself. So of course, like, if, uh, for, for example, when you look 10 years into the future, you're going to grow a lot more than if you compare that to from one year from now, right? So I always, the, the way I use this model is I help clients think about what's their next milestone. So who are you, the next version of yourself? When do you want to see this happening? So if you're version 5.0, what does version 6.0 look like? And th there's no measurement for this. This is totally like whatever whatever version you you think you are, right? And when do you want to see this version 6.0? Maybe it's like in 12 months. Maybe it's in six months. Maybe it's in three months. Maybe it's in two years. Really up to you. And I would get clients to write like everything, both your current version and your next version in, in detail. Now, what you get from this exercise is you see the gap. You see the gap, right? Oh, I want to be confident. What does confident mean? I want them to put it down on paper. It means this, 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 and this. They put it into bullet points. And so how are you showing up in terms of confident now? And then you'll see the the difference between to, the, the behavior that you're, you're having, you, you, how you're showing up in the world today and how you want to show up in the world in terms of confidence, right? And so I'm just giving an example of confidence. And then there's so many things that will have to be put on that piece of paper, right? Now, you know, you see the behavior, you know, oh, in this sort of situation, this is how I show up. This is what I do. Oh, if an opportunity comes into my business, I actually escape. Like, I don't I don't take up that opportunity. I leave. I escape. I say that I'm busy. I can't take on any more projects, for example. Now, what what do you want to show? Like, how's the next version showing up? Oh, when when I when an opportunity comes in. I, I I don't take every opportunity, but I look at that opportunity and I I I think about whether it's aligned with who I want to be, this this specific opportunity. And if it's not aligned with who I want to be, then I I don't take I don't take up that project or I don't do that project. But if it is, then instead of running away from that project, I take on that challenge. I take on that project. So it's it gets us into the details of being of things to let us see how we're actually behaving in ways that are actually sabotaging ourselves, self-sabotaging and not being aligned with the future self that we're, we aspire to be so that we can consciously take different actions. Mm, I love that. Um, so what would you say to the person who, doesn't want to take it step by step. They just want to change immediately. What do you say to them? <laughs> like overnight, like wanting to change overnight. Um, I always pre-frame and let clients know that change is hard. Change is hard. Like if anybody tells you that change is easy, it's not true. It's not true. And change is hard, but if you follow strategies, you know, proven strategies in the coaching space and psychology and you have the discipline you you take the hard path instead of the easy path and you take all these actions you do all these things that are aligned with who you want to be you change little by little by little by little right it doesn't happen overnight it is a marathon it is not a sprint and yeah, that's what I tell my clients when they're expecting, when they're showing up and they've never had a coach um, and they're saying like, I need you to help me or like, I need you to change me or I need you to help me 
whatever. I always tell them like, no, I'm not doing any of the work. I'm doing my coaching work, but you're going to have to be the person to do all the work, you know, getting out of the comfort zone, doing all the things that you don't want to do. And most of the times it's, it's requiring you to do the opposite of what you normally do. And that's, what's going to get you to get different results than what you're getting now. Yeah. There's an old saying that says, if you always do what you've always done, you should expect to always get what you've always gotten. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Well, for people that are just listening today, and of course, obviously they need to work with you. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, just give us one piece of advice for somebody who you know, has identified who they want to be, but hasn't taken a first step. What's a first step from going from where you are to where you want to go? Yeah, well, it's exactly what, you know, when I was talking about those uh, things to write on paper, right? So you want to write everything that who you are today and who you want to be. What's that ver next version? Whatever, 7.0, 8.0, whatever it is for you. Now on those two pieces of paper, those two sets of paper, current version, next version, you want to write six things. Okay. Now the first thing, like think of it as a pyramid of six levels. The first one on top is vision. What's your vision today? Um, and then the next level is identity. That's your self-identity. How do you, who do you perceive yourself to be? The third level is values and beliefs. What are the values that you hold that are important to you? What are the beliefs? And the next one is capabilities. Those are the skills. Next one is behavior. And the last one is ecosystem. That's who you surround yourself with. That's the lifestyle. That's the environment. That's like everything that surrounds you. Uh, and, and the big part of it is people. And you want to write everything that's happening for you now on those six levels. Now, whatever is happening now for you on those six levels is not going to be what needs to happen for you in the next level. So you want to write those six things down for the next level as well. You want to compare those two things and you want to see what's the difference. What's the difference between this version and the next version? And you want to start taking actions that are aligned with the next version, which is what you do not want to do because you're still at the current version, right? So you want to take all these actions that are aligned. Every time you want to take an action, whether you want to hang out with someone, whether you want to learn a new skill, the only question you need to ask yourself is, is this thing aligned with who you want to be? Now you keep doing this with every single thing, then you will arrive at that next version. So I hope I under, I, I explained that in a simple, yeah, simple yeah, way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and you're right. A lot of it is stuff that's going to take a lot of work. So in order to do this, uh, how can a person work with you? How can a person, you mean like to work with me as a, with a, as a yeah, client yeah, to be one of your clients? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, usually they would go to a form and they would fill out the form and it's a detailed kind of interview style kind of form. And if I think it's a good fit, then we do a zoom interview, like a zoom conversation, not interview. And yeah, then from that point, we, we start coaching. So I work with clients on an annual basis. Um, and sometimes, sometimes six months, but usually annual basis. And yeah, that's if, if, if anybody's interested that that's how they would um, start to start the process. Perfect. I love that. Well, before I let you go, give us some words of encouragement. Uh, let us know that we can go from where we are to where we're headed. Yeah, everybody can change. Change is is totally for everyone. Um, it requires several things. Like you have to know the strategy. You have like I I, I already gave this example of uh, the what what you would write on a paper, and you would have to have. I don't really like using the word discipline, but really discipline, what it really is in, in my definition is you keep your promises. You keep your promises that you made to yourself that you want to change. You want this life, this new self, this vision of you, your, you whatever vision goals you, you have, you just 
you don't just set the goals, you, you stick to it, you keep your promises. And there are going to be days where you don't feel like doing any of this. There are going to be days where you feel like you've, you're a failure. There are going to be days where you're disappointed and things don't go your way. But that's part of the journey. And it happens to every single person. You know, I, I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs, like really successful people. And a misc kind of a myth that people have is like, oh, highly successful people don't have problems. They don't have challenges. They're always great. They're smart. They're confident. That's not the truth at all because I'm in all these coaching conversations, right? Everybody has this, you know, fear because we're human beings. We have fear. We have like, oh, we're not good enough or I'm not capable or, you know, am I going to be criticized for this and that? So, to your point, yes, everybody struggles with it, with these things, um, more or less. So we're all human beings. And so growth takes all this work and it doesn't, it's fine if some days you feel discouraged or you're failing, but you know, as long as the next day you keep going, because you know, if you do the math, you keep going every single day. I mean, 365 days, you're going to have progress, right? So yeah, I think this is something that is it's totally logical, right? But we we oftentimes we we forget we forget we forget that this 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 is you know we're all human and we just have to keep going. I love that, Nita. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you for having me, Steve. Who do you really want to be? Are you living authentically? You are you being the best version of yourself? Do the people in your world know you? I mean, do they really know you? Or do they only know the representative of you that you allow them to see? Because the rest of the time, you're hiding you from the world. It's sad to say, but a lot of times we all do that. And this isn't me judging you or making you want, wanting to make you feel bad about yourself at all. We all do it. But when we can just authentically and even unapologetically really truly be ourselves, we when we, as Nita said, align with our identity, we can then do things like put our sales on autopilot and create videos that go viral and all of those kind of things that are all wrapped up in the power of the authentic you. Because the authentic you, the you that you are, is so incredible, so amazing, and so wanted and needed by the world. You see, in case you haven't ever heard me say this before, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. I want you to know that I love helping support you right where you are to make the impact that only you can make in this world. I'm here for you. I love bringing this show to you every week to be able to help you understand the power of the authentic you, the power of just simply showing up and being you in this day that we call today. Yesterday's gone. We can't do anything about it. Tomorrow, well, it hasn't gotten here yet. So no sense in worrying about things that we can't control. My friend Sid Bauman used to always say, Control what you can, and don't worry about what you can't control. Such powerful words, and if we can embrace them, we can really not only live the authentic us, but we can have the real power in that, because then we can just bring to each moment the most important thing that we can bring, and that's our best. There is nothing I can think of in this world that is any better of a way to live as a thriving entrepreneur than living authentically, vulnerably, and valuably as you. So I hope this week you will tap into the power of the authentic you, that you'll live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Hi, 
Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.